Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, I'm giving my friend Jack his second comic ever. Jack is going to be reading Sex Criminals by Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. More specifically, we are reading Sex Criminals number 1 through 10. Just a heads up, with a name like Sex Criminals, this book is going to be for our more mature audience. You're going to be glad you didn't have to listen to this episode on an awkward car ride with your child. Also, here's a super special announcement. My other friend Jack and I have started a brand new podcast called A Worthless Film Podcast, where the films aren't worthless, just our opinions are. In anticipation for the release of Zack Snyder's Justice League, we are going through the entire DC Snyderverse, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and finishing off with the four-hour Justice League film. Make sure to check that out. Just a warning, we are going into full and complete spoilers for the first 10 issues of Sex Criminals. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Cameron Reads Comics, and make sure to clobber the like and subscribe buttons, as well as leave me a 5-star rating and review on iTunes. Now, here is your episode on Sex Criminals. Hello and welcome back, Jack, to Cameron Reads Comics. We're so glad to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We have we've been trying to make this work for several weeks now, and this is no fault of Jack's. This is actually all on me. So this episode is coming out <laughs> late, and that is because I had a hard time reading this book. Uh, same. I guess we'll get into that, but it's not your fault. There were a couple of days I couldn't, a couple of days you couldn't, but we're here. So we're doing we're it. He- we're here now. And this episode is coming out on Thursday, the 25th of February, whether we like it or not. So, um, <laughs> I guess let's just get into it, Jack. Uh, how did, how do you think this story like sex criminals compared to the last story you read Four kids walk into a bank? Okay. So it's kind of like comparing like apples and oranges because they are very different, but I guess they're both fruits if we're, you know, continuing this analogy. Um, so, so I, I, I liked both of them. Um, this one, you know, I guess just overall, I'd consider it more far out, you know, like, you know, I think of all these things of this, like, you know, when they orgasm, they go into cum world and then they, it's just like, and then there's the sex police and then he's got these mental issues and it's like, where is this coming from? <laughs> you know, it's like so random. Um, so it was kind of like, like wrapping my head around. It was like, not just the how, cause I get the fiction part, but kind of the why was, was a, a little bit of a thing to overcome, but overall it was a good book. Um, and especially like, one of the things, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, like, I feel like this story walked a very fine line between, like, informative uh, and, and satirical, but also, like, with it being so obviously abundantly about sex and everything going on within that, um, I didn't think that it crossed the line into grotesque ever. Did you, how do you feel like about that balance that they walked, that, like, tightrope? 
Did you feel the same way I did? Or were you just kind of like, this is too much sometimes? Uh, yeah, no, it definitely wasn't too much. So I'd, I'd agree with you there. I mean, it's definitely not a kid's book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, so I guess they'd walk. They did do a good job of walking the line, I guess. Um, you know, in the sense that it was constantly and always about sex, like always. Right. Um, but they never got too gnarly. But they when, when they get to like the uh, I guess the deeper or darker like aspects of like the sexual world, they kind of poked fun at it, you know, just like make jokes like, oh, you know, back in the day, you know, or like maybe, you know, when I was a porn actress, I'd do that or something. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so but they never like fully like revolved around or like got into like nitty gritty details about like the weird stuff, I guess, or what I would consider weird. Um, and so that I guess was comforting, but you know, to be honest too, you know, the fact, you know, sex, it's kind of interesting because it is a a huge part of like, you know, everyone's world realistically, whether you want to admit it or not. Um, and so, but for someone to go as far as to write this book (laughs) and to have like the come world and stuff, it does make me think like, all right, what's wrong with you <laughs> as far as the author is concerned? <laughs> well, I, friggin', I think this is actually one of the bigger reasons I chose this book too is because that is one of my favorite creative teams. Individually, they're actually both incredible writers. Um, for my fans, I highly implore you to check out Matt Fraction's uh, Jimmy Olsen run on Superman. He did like a, Jimmy Olsen's always been like a quirky Superman character, always kind of like, there's a whole Silver Age 60s run of, Superman sidekick just being like, okay, the title is called Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. And he'd literally just like, oh, here's a random potion in a laboratory. Let me just take it. And he'd like notoriously turn into some kind of like lizard monster destroying the city. And then Superman would have to like stop that. And they, they recently came out with the book kind of like paying homage to that like quirkiness. And I think we see those those tones that he implemented in that book in something like this text. And so I really love him. And then Chip Zdarsky is the guy who does the art on this book. And he is right now like one of my all-time current current favorite comic writers because he is just uh, so well-rounded. And I think his art is really beautiful. And I think what surprised me most about this book upon my second reading of it was when like us seeing their use of like the reality within this book. And I I guess uh, uh, ramifications of everything. Like I really, just to go off on another track, like how do you feel about John's like ADHD comorbidity (laughs) and then like anxiety depression? Because I thought for a book that was, one of the most creative things that I've ever read. I just think, you know, we can't, you can't think this stuff up. Like this is just crazy. Every, all the things that are going on. Yeah. Then it just goes into this really gnarly grounded place where John's like, Oh yeah, I'm cripplingly depressed. And then they even just paint him like black and white. Like, how'd you feel about that? Yeah. So that was definitely like something I was thinking about throughout the book. And I think you just hit the nail on the head in those words that you just said that was you can't make this stuff up right so i like it it was so like like oddly specific and like deep and personal and touching that it makes me think like you know i don't know who the hell these artists are but it like it's if it's not the artists that deal with this it's someone they know like i really do feel strongly that that is the case because of how specific it is and i think it's a good thing actually i think it's one of the better parts of the book because 
you know, what you want in like literature, like, I, or I don't know, or books like this, I think, or one of the things you want at least is relatability or just vulnerability. And it kind of opens up, you know, so it doesn't really matter how you tap into that. I think that's how this guy, I don't even know the author's name, but that's how he tapped into uh, to that because, you know, everyone, you know, it's not just like, like you said, like a Superman where just, yeah. you know, six pack, rip chest, just, you know, save the day, smile. You know, it's like, like, there's like this darker, like a real life side, you know, the mental health thing, which is this huge problem. Right. Um, and so everyone knows someone that's dealing with that or, you know, it's just like, it kind of makes it more real, which, which I liked actually. Yeah. I thought that whole arc with John, like was so fascinating and it made him such a, like a more like sympathetic character that's like oh he's like dealing with stuff and like at first it was quirky you know him like taking a shit in his boss's planter you know what i mean it's like oh like i mean respect the hustle <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like dang re- respect the schedule too and so he'd like do that and then he'd go like it's like oh like, that's kind of weird but like s- people have had situations where they dislike their boss and uh so it's like people can relate to that. And then, to, but to see that being like a symptom of a larger issue that they lean into was so good. And like also the way that they kind of switch perspectives between what's going on with her and what's going on with him, I thought was really, really great. Yeah. And then it was like interesting to see how that worked because they both have this weird thing of like the come world or whatever. I can't remember what she calls it. The quiet. Um, the quiet yeah which is much more pg and feminine (laughs) um but uh it's interesting you know so it's like the question is that they have this crazy thing in common right but are they a good couple are they compatible so the first issue is okay you got to take away the quiet or the come world because that's not everything right although that is this crazy thing and the second issue is john's like mental health issues that cause problems in relationships you kind of need to look past those two things if you want to figure out if they are a good couple or not and to be honest my answer is i don't know so i I don't know if you have any opinions on that um whether or not they're a good couple um yeah i just thought that i like how you know we they went through the stages of a relationship within this story and like it actually kind of leads up spoiler i'll ask you next but like it leads up to my favorite moment in the text where it's like you know sometimes in a relationship you feel like you're falling in love you know and everything's roses and then you 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 guys or everyone you know you'll you'll grow apart in a way and it's like wait like are 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 the are the feelings still mutual like are do they still love me do they would do we still have the affection for one another and then right as they mm-hmm. were starting to feel normal again and reunited the library uh, gets demolished which is you know really the thing that brought them together in the first place and it's like how are we going to resolve this issue and so I thought that that entire sequence of her like almost like going out with the friend and then kind of third wheeling and then John kind of being able to be a functioning human again, you know, kind of get past his inner demons. And then they were starting to literally hold hands, boom, library. I was like, Oh, I just thought that was such a good sequence. And so really going back to, I guess what your question was to me. Yeah. I think that, I just think that the, it showed a relationship happening and I, and so whether or not they're meant to be together, I, I don't know, but I think the way that they are brought together and shown together and then apart was really well done. Yeah, I agree. And I think that part showed that they were like there for each other in each of their like dark times, you know, so that's like, 
kind of the whole idea of the relation, like the two plus two equals five, you know, where you can pick each other up and together make something better than both of your guys' individual talents. So I think that was kind of showcasing that. So I'd agree there for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it was good. What was your favorite moment? I told, I just told you mine. Uh, my favorite moment. Well, before I just have one tangent thing that I want to say too. Yeah. Go um, I've been so tangenting like this whole time. So yeah, it's called a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was a quote that you, 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 I remember. So you just said a quote that like hit home for you. And there was one that I remember that was like, whoa, for me was, it was something about, I can't remember. I think it was Susie that was saying it. And it was like, I don't want to just like be in my twenties and then just all of a sudden I'm in my thirties, you know, and I'm still here, you know, and it was kind of like a, whoa. And like, I like, like I, I like, you know, to be honest, I like turned the page. I like called my girlfriend. I was like, we got to travel. <laughs> we got <laughs> to do something. Cause it, it totally like hit home, you know, where it's like, I don't know. It was like just the monotony of working and, you know, and just was like, we are young and in the best shape of our lives. And, you know, that's a very relatable thing, at least for me being 25. So that was, that was just one quote that kind of stuck out to me. And I was like, Whoa. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I'll go. No, what was your tangent? Oh, that was my tangent. That was the I, tangent. I, oh, yeah, because I don't know if that was my favorite moment. That was just one that stuck out. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, as far as my favorite moment goes, um, I don't know. I like when John uh, beat up the guy with the dildo. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like I like that they lean. You know, they this book while being super serious, it also didn't take itself too seriously, which was. Again, like they're walking a tightrope, and I just thought it shows the power and like the capability of the storytellers to be able to, you know, thread that needle and like walk that line very nicely, but also not take themselves so seriously. Like the cliffhanger. Wait, you you told me that the book ended on a cliffhanger, and I don't know what the cliffhanger was. Dude, are you kidding me? Uh, so I don't know if you read. I just read volume one, but then yeah, so you I was read like issues one through ten. Yeah. Yeah. So then I was like thinking like, all right, they're going to confront the sex police. Like they're going to have a big battle or whatever. And I was like, all right, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then yeah. it just ended. And I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah, no, I didn't. I don't know. I guess I wasn't so hyped on it, but it was, it was good. Like I like, I liked it, but I just didn't, I was like, I was like, okay, where's cause I, I felt like the biggest, uh, cliffhanger was like okay john's about to go into kegel face's house oh yeah okay and which he did do and then that he got all the information and stuff yeah um, i was like i was like oh like what is something gonna happen and then you know nothing yeah i, mean, I don't know but it's okay like i like i really 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 like that they used what's her face um just anna kincaid but who was his like porn star love that he loved oh yeah and then they all met up that was kind of cool i'm like glad that they're like because uh, she plays a larger part too in the second um, part of this story. Uh, so yeah, I, I really like her and I liked her inclusion in, in the arc. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So I got one for you. So yeah. which, which did you like better? The four kids walking to a bank or this one? They're very different stories. And obviously like, you know that uh, I think yeah, they're very different. Um, I think four kids walk into a bank was very, it was very grounded. It's very real. Like, like 
the, the 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 elevated parts of that story were very much imaginative in the kids' mind, so they weren't actually happening. Uh, I thought I thought breaking down the medium of comics was very fascinating within that story, um, and I think this story does that too. But I just think that this story kind of had more time to tell, you know. So that one was five issues, and this one was ten issues that we've gotten into, and I'm spoiled because I've read the set, you know, the other ten issues after this, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I like this one a little, I think I like sex criminals a little bit more because it takes something that's like taboo and it, um, you know, it, it, obviously I think the imagination too, that goes into this, it takes a taboo topic and it just leans so far into it that it almost takes it too far, but then it brings us right back down to reality. And I think that, Four Kids Walking in the Bank did that in a way and like there were ramifications, but within this story, I've gotten to get to know the main characters a little bit better. We've just spent more time with them because we've had twice as long with them within this one volume. And so um, I think I like this one a little bit more because it's almost, you know what I compare this to is Big Mouth. Do you watch that show? Big Mouth. I've seen like a couple episodes of that. It actually is a great comparison. That show is like an overtly sexual cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it's like those are about kids getting into their bodies, uh, growing into their bodies and going through the awkwardness of puberty. This one is about adults kind of dealing with the ramifications of their interpretations of sex and like how that works. And so, and also like how I want my listeners to know, I'm not like I've such like an overtly like sexual person i just thought that the themes within this story and the way that it dealt with these issues was so interesting and like creative and smart and so i'm like obviously with a book like this we're going to talk about sex a bunch but not i mean Mm -hmm. not the act as much as like what it means to other people because i'm like i thought even the little side arc with robbie the obgyn and like kind of you know him walking into his dad being freaking like dominated and um, yeah. then then not wanting to put on the kiss makeup it was like i just thought that was so interesting you know and so yeah it plays on like i don't know i've ever i've heard the phrase like everyone's got something you know everyone's weird and then you yeah. read like i've heard statistics it's like 25 percent of americans have a foot fetish or something and i'm like oh yeah you know i think like wait what and then i read this book and i'm like well that's not that bad <laughs> yeah. compared to some of the other stuff. Yeah. Like the, like, um, oh, sorry. But like the, the uh, whatever the porn star's name was that John yeah. was obsessed with when she needed to get into the quiet on her own and she brings like a saddle and like 10 dildos. And I'm thinking like, this girl. Yeah. Nice. Nice. She's gnarly. <laughs> and she puts like, what's it? Clamps. But the clamps like are electrocuted. Like they'll yeah. electrocute you. Mm-hmm. I was it's reading like, this wow. at my, I was reading this at my girlfriend's house. And by the way, it's like, she lives at home with her parents and so i'm like out of context reading this i'm like if they were to look over my shoulder like right now at what i'm reading they will think i'm a psychopath <laughs> yeah i mean yeah that's not something i risked myself so <laughs> uh, so that's you know i i sacrificed potential familial relationships with, with this um for the come world yeah exactly um how'd you feel about the sex police and like their that what they had going on um so that's something i struggled with a little bit just just kind of understanding why right because they get into like you know they need to govern this body right this the these uh, people because you know we don't know how many people can go into the quiet we don't know really anything about it you know other than it stops time and you can 
potentially do things like rob banks and then their ideas all right let's just govern this so people don't discover us right but you know i don't i i don't know i don't it's like it seemed to me like it was like 10 people that could get into the quiet and then like five of them were like doing a little clan and governing it when you know it's like if there's i don't know i didn't i wish that they conveyed more to see like how many people could get into it um you know so you know because it seems to me like uh, instead of like being like a real like evil entity or like going up against the man the man being the sex police yeah. it was kind of just like a couple of assholes you know that could get into the quiet too that, that's what it seemed like to me yeah i don't think they are they're not a governing body i think that the sex police is really just the title that they have um mm-hmm. and in the second volume we're going to learn more about kegel face I, I don't think that should surprise anyone um yeah but yeah i i think i understand your your lack of I guess enthusiasm because we don't know their motivation, you know, and, and we still don't. So yeah, yeah. Kegel face is a complete Karen, by the way, like the oh. definition of a Karen. Hundred ten percent. What? Okay, Jack, can you just for me and maybe the listeners? I tried to look it up. What do you know? What a Kegel is? A Kegel? Yeah. Um. So it's it's like exercises you can do that are supposed to like. I think for guys you last longer and for girls it's like makes you tighter. Okay, <laughs> so okay. It's so weird saying. It is weird and it's uncomfortable and now the world knows that we know what that is, but they learned with me cuz I tried to look it up and I'm like I'm not trying I'm trying to keep it PG. I'm just informative like <laughs> for science. It was so funny too is like uh I I, mm. I wanted to disclose something but I can't disclose something on the air. But um anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh what was that? who's your favorite character do you think? Um, my favorite character, I guess, you know, as unexciting as it is, would have to be Susie. She was pretty, pretty cool, level-headed. And it also took you from like the start of where like, you know, she started as like a kid in middle school. Um, and she was kind of the rock throughout the story. And I think genuinely a really good person. Like I like how despite everything she did really care about the library, you know, which is very noble and pure, you know, it's, it's, she's, she's a good person, you know, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I like, I like Susie. Um, My favorite character though, had to be uh, John's therapist that he met like at the chicken place. (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh. And he's, and even, even like their dynamic, their rapport, I thought was so fascinating because he was just like, Oh yeah, so you walk out of the, so you walk out of the therapist's office and you find out John's therapist is just drawing a bunch of dicks and I'm like, wow, of course, yeah, <laughs> of, course, yeah. of course for this book of all things to be drawing, it's a dick. But he's like, I've been going to that guy since I was 15. Meets this rando dude in the food court and he's like, hey, yeah, this chicken's the best chicken. But you also looked like you know you're coming out of therapy and you're going to yell in here or you were going to shoot up the place. So I was just suspicious, and, and I was like, hey, <laughs> yeah. and it's then, like, ouch. <laughs> it was, and John's like, I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but he also was like really smart too. Like he knew his stuff and actually helped John. I think so. That was cool. And even like when John was like, "Oh, I'm leaving. I'm not showing up next week," and he's like. Hey man, don't blame me. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just liked that that dynamic and that rapport. I think that character was kind of very necessary because at some point we just wanted to get John and just like shake him, you know? Yeah, yeah. What was the part? Because then that therapist also talked to Kegelface. Um, I didn't really understand that. I think okay. So what happened was Ke- Kegelface was following 
John and was trying to be like, you know, just trying to keep tabs on him because now they now they can. They want to make mm. sure he's not breaking the rules. Um, she was following him, but like, what am I trying to say? She followed him into the office. And so I think to try and get dirt on what's going on with John or like, you know, have any sort of leverage, she was trying to figure out the therapist. You know what I mean? And then yeah, she's trying to get, use her abilities to get to the therapist. The, you're going to find out more about that in volume two. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Yeah. It that, seemed like she just approached him to get dirt, like on John or whatever he was doing or talking yeah. about. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I like I like the therapist and I like I like the supporting cast within this story too. I really want to see more of Robert and like what he's got going on. And I like the dynamic that him and Susie's roommate have started. Yeah. No, Susie's roommate was also cool too. She was like a very independent, like a gal's gal. Yeah, absolutely. Um okay, wait. Um what what would you rate this story out of 10, do you think, compared to the last one okay uh well complete transparency i liked four kids walking to a bank a lot so i i I did like that one a little better i think um this movie or this uh comic rather i would give uh i'd give it like a seven like it was solid um you know my my only honest critique of it was like it was so out there that you know that i had to ask why like like i didn't really understand like you know, like I, I respect that it's writing and you can do whatever you want. Right. But it's like, you know, like I really want to like see this, like, you know, a podcast with the guy who wrote this, you know, and like, what's oh he all my, about? Dude, Matt Fraction's super cool. He's, you should really, I'll, I'll forward you Chip Zdarsky. He has a newsletter and he is so quirky, funny, man. Like I I'll, bet. Send, I'll send it to but, you. Cause it's really so good okay cool he's literally so freaking funny and like i don't know if we got to see some of their humor like his humor is very much if you look at the background scenes in the story like the building names it's like they're so funny and it's just like oh my gosh you know that that's where he finds joy within this is like drawing that kind of stuff out Mm -hmm. but like is it is it from like the perspective of he's a little perverted or he just thinks it's hilarious you know like a like a troll I don't think, I don't think they're perverts. Like, cause I think no matter what, like even like with the topic of sex and as taboo as it was, I think that it, this story and like subject matter is handled pretty gracefully. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was very much reality oriented, but again, like, I don't think it was grotesque. You know what I mean? I, and so I don't, I don't think they're perverts. I just think they're kind of like, yeah, like all, all this shit's normal. Like to be into some sort of stuff or whatever, or to have like, weird thoughts about your body even as an adult based on experience as a child you know i mean that's super normal and so um i just thought that yeah like they're very cool so when he's doing stuff like that i don't think it's him trying to be like i think it's him leaning into it into like you know the point of for for humor's sake uh sure that's so funny that you liked four kids walking to a bank more. You asked me when we were talking about four kids, uh, if you, you like to give you another story, this was not what you were thinking or like leaning into no. when you asked that now. Okay. Well, no. what kind of, I guess, were you thinking of more? Cause you're like, I was like, Oh, I got something experimental for you. Cause I think it's a very experimental story. But. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So like, I remember last time 
it was my first comic and then I was reading it, you know, kind of skeptically at the beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was just like, okay, so what's going on here? Um, you know, but then like, I really liked the characters like burger, you know, that guy, you that loved guy, burger. Yeah. That guy was the man. Um, and then, <laughs> so, you know, so, I, but I actually grew attached to the characters, which is why I think just internally, I liked it more Yeah, and here, not that I didn't, but I think I did hate it with that book. No, no, not quite. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, you know, I, I think this one, it just kind of like threw me off. I was just like, Whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. I so I threw you in the deep end of the pool. Okay. That is good to know um yeah so um, so yeah okay so let's give you we'll give you another grounded book next because maybe maybe cameron went a little too far i was like oh wow you want to see I was like you want to see what this medium can really do i also before we go because i'm like i don't have too many more questions but how did you feel about the art did you like it like this one this um, art is very cool because it's all it's not pen and paper this was all done on a computer yeah so that's actually i had a point about that it was kind of interesting um so like at the beginning of the book, I like at first I was like, wait, is she in come world? Because you had told me they go to like a different world when she finishes or whatever. And so then, you know, but it's like how in a two dimensional picture, how do you convey that you're in another world? Right. Mm-hmm. Or, had, or that time has stopped. So I thought that was kind of cool. And it, it took a it took like a, you know, like reading two pages and then like, I think she this is it. And then going back like a couple pages to confirm. And then once I got it, I enjoyed like enjoyed you know i was like okay they do a good job conveying this um and then overall the art was was good detailed and you know kind of like a a little bit of a troll you know little jokes that they'd throw in it was very funny i like i like the minimal line work and then i think it was really 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 cool how the page laid out like laid out how the um panels like it would just be straight black like when they were fighting when they're arguing i thought the panels uh I was like, Ooh, John, that was too far. Oh, you don't mean what you're saying. And like the black with just the white text on it, I thought was really cool. And I, and I really, I decided I really like that with my storytelling, uh, mm-hmm. especially in comics. Cause that's not something you could do on film, you know? Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, yeah, no. So the artist, yeah, that, I would say that was arguably the best part of this was like the visual display as, as far as like from a, from a reader's perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I think obviously I agree. And then um, I just freaking these these two writers. I think I like their style and just like their storytelling capabilities in general. And so to see something like this and to to uh, watch them do that, I was like, I really, I really, really liked it. So um, mm-hmm. I was, I was, I think I was always going to be prompted to be a fan. Um, so okay, if you were to get another book, then because maybe maybe Jack will sit out of volume two. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm like, oh, it's not sounding like you gave it a seven, but you know, if you um, really want it, we don't have to record on it. I'll gladly give it to you. Um, if you were to lean it, would, would you want to do more grounded stories? Would you want to do something? Cause even if I was to say like level up, this wouldn't, it wouldn't go in this direction. I wouldn't give you more, uh, I guess, fantastical stories, maybe more like superhero or whatever. Would you be, where, where do you think you'd fall in that spectrum? Uh, so I don't know. And, you know, I hate to say this, but it's like one of those answers where I think I'm smart enough to say I have no idea. Right. I've only read two <laughs> comics. Um, I'm like, you're basically you know, a professional now. Yeah. Um, what I just realized when you asked me that was I think four kids walk into a bank. What I liked about that was they, I think, had more like jokes and humor. Like they were throwing in like they were like very like satirical and like um, 
kind of making fun of themselves. Like yeah. I like that stuff a lot. Um, so, you know, that's, but that's a small part, you know, compared to the whole story, but like, that's, you know, that's really the only thing I can say I like right now. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And you obviously have minimal frame of reference and I see that. Um, oh, I think, I think, I, I think I know the next direction to take you in. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, actually I didn't even give you my score out of 10. Cause I didn't even think about oh, it. Yeah. Uh, I'd give this volume one at least. Cause you know, for my listeners, there's, there's also, they just finished the series. They did one through 30 and then they did an issue 69 special. And I was like, of course they did. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm changing my seven to a 6.9. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'd probably give it, I liked it a lot. So maybe like eight, eight, 8.2. Okay. I, I just thought like some of the pacing when it got slow at times, but then like, I don't know. I just really do like that sequence and the build up to where we are now in the story. I thought was really well done. It was slow burn. And then like, it was good. And like, I don't know, just the way that they leaned in and built this world, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they, they, it's something, it's a very silly idea. And I was on improv. And so like one of the biggest principles they teach is like, no matter how silly the idea is, you have to treat it very seriously. You know what I mean? Like, yes, get fantastical, like get like next level, but as long as you take it seriously. And I think that they did that very well in this story is that they took this idea and it was like, what? And then they just kept leaning into it and like treated it as if it was real and what the stakes would be if it was real, what the ramifications would be, uh, how people would use this and abuse this power, whatever it be. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then how something like sex affects everyone. I think uh, I just thought it was handled very uh, responsibly, you know, I, I and, and I appreciate that. And I think narratively they took it in very creative directions. And I do feel like I have to applaud the creativity within this story because sure. again what, what do we say earlier is that do we go i couldn't make this up you know like, I, I could not have thought of this <laughs> i'm know? like when my pitch to someone for a story is yeah they have sex and then time stops and they use that to rob banks like what what <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah i just that's why i was thinking like you know, maybe it was just like a justification in my head because I can't think of that. Maybe it's a pervert that can think of that. Yeah, you know? but maybe it's just creativity. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I, I want to give more credit to the writers than that. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, well, hey, Jack, that's about as many questions as I have for you. You will be back with something in your hands. I just don't quite know what yet. We'll get you. We'll get you dialed. Um, thank you so much for coming on the Cameron's Comics Podcast and reading your second comic do you think that you'd read another um yeah i think so uh, maybe not the next volume of that one oh, but nice. overall overall you know it was i'm i'm definitely open to like the whole world of comic books so yeah jack's basically a comic book reader nerd now just like the rest of us um, <laughs> you got me awesome 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 well jack thank you so much again we're so glad to have you um all well we will see you next time Oh, wait, wait. I got to make, I got to do my plugs. So you have to listen to my plugs. I always forget this part. Okay. So plugs for this episode, go follow Cam Reads comics on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Make sure to go leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes. And actually guys, I have a brand new podcast out with my friend, Jack McEwen. Uh, 
I always pronounce his name wrong. My, my other friend, Jack, it is a worthless film podcast. So make sure the first episode is now out on iTunes and Spotify. Make sure to go check that out. If you want to hear us talk about man of steel and also leave us a five-star rating and review there again, that's all my plugs. Thanks, Jack. Love you. Mean it for being here. We will have you back soon with maybe a more mild comic in hand. <laughs> all right. Thanks for having me. All righty. See you later, buddy.